All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Everybody, welcome to Saturday Morning Serial, uh, the show that uh, celebrates the themes of Saturday Morning TV, which not only were we growing up with, it turns out they were growing up with us, too, the whole time. And, of course, you're hearing me, Dan Grimshay, because I'm the voice of reason. On the other <laughs> end of the spectrum, I believe I've got Marky e out here. Marky, e, can you hear me? Can you tell me if... Are, are you there? I am, and I have no reason to be. Oh, thank God. I was very worried about that. Uh, J- Jimmy the Gent, I bet you're out there, right? Present and accounted for, sir. All right. Jimmy the Gent, Lazinski, <laughs> Marky, your buddy, Dan Grimshay. Saturday morning cereal. Just doing a little bit of a brag here, but uh, Jimmy was able to score us some pretty primo interviews. Oh, no. I uh, think it's time for... Yep. We're gonna. You're gonna be hearing. Uh, you're gonna be hearing in this episode conversations that he had with not just Jake Johnson, yes, that Jake Johnson, but also Natasha Leggero. Yep, that Natasha Leggero. Uh, Cleo King. No, no, no. The other Cleo King. Yep, the famous one. And yeah. oh, I know everybody here is real excited for this, Mister Ron Funches. Yes, God, this guy has been a I target. Am pretty excited about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should all just go ahead and take turns doing our best Ron Funches. Go ahead. Yeah, see, that's... that's... Well, I don't know if I should go first, but I sure do like doing an impression. <laughs> the important part is to talk like this and then drop it down like this. <laughs> uh, what, I, don't, I don't do one because I respect the man too much, but more power to you oh guys. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, Ron Funches. He's these two have been doing a Ron Funches impression for about a year and a half. So uh, I trust, and it's 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 really it's really only because I find him incredible. I find him hilarious. I find him so likable. Uh, I want to be Ron Funches. Oh yes, it is certainly out of flattery that you do it. Oh yes, I know it is a loving impression, and he's one of those, and he does crack me up. Don't get me wrong, I am a fan. I love his presence. Uh, uh, so, Jimmy, I hope you were able to get it all out of your system before you talk to him. I did. I did not get to do my impression for Ron, uh, but that's probably for the best. I, I as as a producer here, I would actually prefer if you said I chose not to do my impression for Ron. <laughs> well, we're going to work on that judgment Ron, as as moments, your intern uh, ship keeps going. Kind of like. I did throw it out there on the counter 
like a dead anchovy fish <laughs> of, uh, hey, man, I do have an impression of Ron Funches. And, uh, and he, he, of course, did not encourage <laughs> he, Yeah. So I did, I did go fishing, but. Uh, no, got got no bites. And, and uh, we're probably all better off for it. And that, you know, although I do not always hit the mark, I shoot for professionalism, and I didn't think it would be cool to just roll in there and be doing run punches. Well. <laughs> good, good. You, you, you get to keep your unpaid position a bit longer here at Saturday morning cereal, especially because you're bringing in all the. I mean, this I got to tell you, that's a get. Now you had it wasn't oh, even you were part of a giant Zoom meeting. It was you no. and a couple of them at a time, right? Let, yeah, baby, let me set it up. Ooh, I, tell, all this happened because of my affiliation with uh, BleedingCool.com. Our friends at Bleeding Cool. Our friends at yeah, Bleeding, Bleeding cool. cool. So I, they, blah, 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 where did it, Netflix reaches out to me and says, hey, we have this talent, uh, press junket available. Would you like to participate? I said, hell, hell's yeah. And I, at the time, thought it would be kind of, like we've been doing a little bit of is the the Zoom meetings where it's a almost like a roundtable Zoom meeting, and you might get one or two questions in. And I was pretty happy just to get that with this with Jake and Natasha and Cleo and of course Ron. Uh, so I was I was happy just to get that time. And then when I turn when I found out that I just have one on one, well it was one on twos really. So I had I talked to Jake and Natasha and then Ron and Cleo, and I, I, that was like a dream come true for me. I was it was pretty cool, uh, and I got some really good questions in as you'll hear some really good laughs i think we had a good time uh you can be the judge <laughs> as i'm sure you, as i'm sure you will yeah. but uh, a lot of fun a lot of fun conversations yeah. and, and you were you were interviewing them because they'd all recently taken a trip to niagara falls right yeah well that's i think that's where they were doing the the junket from but in a, they were there because they were in Hoops, That's it. Hoops. Show on Netflix. I think we owe it to the, to the Hoops the people over at Netflix. We should over at Netflix. It. Brand new show on Netflix. <laughs> and that's no small deal these days, I say. Netflix is that's right up there with saying like uh, the brand new primetime NBC show. Might as well be on Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, there's some word linkage there, but it was unintentional. Well, it, uh, I, I actually heard about a week ago, uh, and we are not going to get political at all. I'm just bringing this up to make a point. Mm-hmm. But Fox News in prime time is the highest rated network, not just for news, but just overall in the U.S., right? Well, so brought it up. Fox News has higher ratings than NBC or ABC or CBS, right? Or apparently so us, you where... which is probably why we can't even get the Lisa people to pay us. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's on that list. <laughs> that's on you, America. That... I, I, I merely bring this out just to point out that TV's different. Netflix is bigger. Netflix is, you know, it doesn't matter if it's on NBC anymore. Nobody cares if it's on NBC anymore. Yeah. The fact that it's on Netflix is a bigger deal now. And they're kind of taking over cartoons in a way. Yeah. Uh, and they're putting out a half yeah. hour, you know, uh, adult oriented cartoon. Very crude, very guilty pleasure kind of. Raunchy. You know. This is very, yeah, this, especially this is very, Hoops is very adult, mm-hmm. very vulgar, nope. very loud it's, mouth. 
I would say it's a cartoon that grew up with us. Anybody? Uh Uh Marky, preaching the book. Amen. I'd say you're reaching, but yeah, uh, the language grew up. Yes. Yeah, but you know, but this is kind of this is why we do this particular show. It's because uh, we grew up on these cartoons. They were on Saturday morning. But these cartoons grew up with us. And, you know, you would never find a cartoon like this. The cartoon any... industry itself has yeah. grown up. Yeah. It's absolutely grown up. This is an adult cartoon. Our parents watched raunchy. cartoons on Saturday mornings as kids. But then the rest of their life, they weren't allowed to. For us, boom, right. as soon as I we mean... uh, start going through puberty, you get the Simpsons. You get the whole explosion of, you know, and that's why, damn it, Jimmy, we're right. We are the generation well, who did it. And, and, and maybe this bears a little further pulling on this thread, if we talked about it in this forum before. But it's harder to find a cartoon or an animated offering that doesn't have swearing in it these days, that isn't for adults, that is just for kids. Like I have, a, as mentioned before, I have a 10 and 14-year-old boy, and it's really hard for us to find current things that are that, that are not adult-oriented, that are not... that are that, that at the very least have a lot of foul language in it. Aren't there like like four or five Star Wars cartoons alone at this point? Yeah, but and there's no oh, cursing I, there. Things that I like. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, the what? Yeah. <laughs> I still think that you're. Yeah, I feel at like there's so much more animation everywhere. Yeah. It does cater to right. younger generations, but they never bothered making it for our demographic before. Well, quite honestly, we were our demographic. Yeah, I, I mean, sure, like um, the, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, and those guys, um, Cartoon Network, they're cranking out adult, children content. However, I'm kind of, I guess, in retrospect, referring to more like the Netflixes and your Amazon Primes and the stuff that's coming out that are newer, the newer fare. That's yeah, uh, if you look at the HBO Max, which used to be the DC streaming service, right. uh, yeah, even the the Harley Quinn uh, show is is very adult, correct? I mean, it, it does have some cursing in there. From it's what, very from R-rated, yeah. Yeah, very yeah, R-rated. and you know, so yes, these cartoons are growing up with us. Now, it doesn't mean that you're, there's stuff there for your kids, but there's stuff there for us. Uh, Cartoon Network famously has Adult Swim, meaning kids get out of the pool. Now it's the adults' time in the pool, and we're in this era where we can just kind of have it all, you know. And uh, there used to be a lot of kind of uh, they used to have to walk that kind of tightrope where the Flintstones had some kind of highbrow humor for the adults that were watching that primetime show. But it was for kids, mostly. Uh, and n- they don't really have to walk that fine line anymore. Now they can just tear right through it. This thing can be vulgar and 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 raw. And this show, Hoops, really does deliver on the raw. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, they seem yeah. to celebrate that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a big... Yeah, and that's and, and, it, and when and you're waiting, you know, I'll just go ahead and mention that there's still the quarantine, et cetera, so forth, and a lot of people are still sort of self-stuck indoors. So when you get something like this that is absolutely meant to take your mind off of things, it's not like waiting through eight hours of a super noir Perry Mason. This is bright colors, fart jokes, 
you know, yeah. hilarious characters. Lots of dick jokes. Lots, lots of, of dick jokes. jokes lots also, of lady part yeah, jokes. This lots is the kind of thing. There's also there's if as long as you don't mind a potty mouth, boom, it's going to distract you. It is a great time to be coming out. So, uh, and I believe as as this episode airs, we're recording before the show has come out. But as by the time you're hearing it, you should be able to go to Netflix and watch it. Yeah. Uh, yes, we did get a chance to preview uh, some of the uh, episodes. And it's not just about a cartoon that says fuck. <laughs> this is a show where there's prostitutes fair, and children. And uh, I, I guess I've said enough. I mean, there, one could, there's one could a say the whole there. list was a mistake. But yes, yes, you have. You've you've certainly filled that in. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to paint a vivid picture of what's going on with Luke. But yeah, there is this is lowbrow humor um, and it doesn't hide it at all. Now, that being said, it's not that there's not uh, a lesson to be learned in watching these episodes and watching this show. I mean, it's going to touch on um, no pun intended. It's going to touch on certain uh, aspects of adolescence and growing up and being in high school. Um, and, you know, when I was watching this uh, show, I I had, you know, middle school and high school, I think we all have that teacher that's just kind of cool and kind of talks to you like an adult. Not like this guy in hoops. This is a little yes. extreme, yes. of course. This is, but, this is beyond um, thank, thank uh, what's his name from Bad News Bears. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, what's his name? Anyway, I, I don't want to get caught on that. But yeah, it's um, we all had that teacher that just kind of treated us like adults. And it was it was cool. I mean, I, I have my, you know, Mr. Uh, Robinson was my uh, uh, favorite teacher. He was really cool. He, You know, he was the guy that we would kind of, you know, talk about adult shit with, uh, tell jokes to. And, it, you know, he was a, he was a cool guy, um, you know, and. I think we all kind of had that. And we all, well, hopefully we all I'm did. afraid to ask and any I, follow-up questions. I think that sums it up. Uh, there's there's nothing to hide or conceal or to be ashamed of. Everything's fine, you know. It's all natural, um, baby. But yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um <laughs> but no, I I do I think that there's still a lot to relate to in this very over the top show. Well, they do. I mean, the the selling point is well, you just heard the cast that we're talking to. I mean, yeah, these are these are. I almost made the mistake of saying respected comedy actors. They're successful comedy actors that everybody knows and loves to laugh at. They've got a big body of work, uh, so that should tell you this. <laughs> it's we don't mean to cut it off at its knees. By any means, you should watch it. But understand, it's a fun ride. Don't take it seriously. It's a cartoon, for Christ's sake. Uh, and and what does it sound like, you ask? Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad you did ask, because I think we can at least hear what uh, Jake Johnson and Natasha Leggero sound like with this conversation they had with Jimmy, Jimmy the Gent Lazinski. Is that correct? That's me. Beautiful. That's how we say it in the old country. Well, if, if you would like to, please uh, kick off the magic interview machine so we can listen to this. Magic intermission. Let me yeah. take it. Again. All right. It's not easy. <laughs> I know. Go ahead. I was nervous. <laughs> I, I never get to do the magic interview machine. All right. Well, magic interview machine. Take us back. 
to to the part where we talk to Jake and Natasha. Meanwhile, hey guys, how you doing, Jake and Natasha? Hi. Hi. How's everybody doing? Uh, in the comfort of their home, as opposed to a, a ragged press junket, kind of enjoying uh, what might be the contest of what's the best virtual background. Who do you think's winning so far? Um, well, considering your head is covering where my character's dick would be, I would say, Jimmy, you've won. Um, and considering Jake is in a cabin that he built in his backyard, I would say he's maybe <laughs> up for second place. And Natasha, considering your wallpaper looks like it's from another era that I remember being at my grandparents' house, and I love it, uh, I think you might win, actually. Okay. I thought I thought you were going to go the other way with that, so I'm glad. No, I, I, as soon as I saw it with that couch, too, I'm like, not only do I like it, I remember it and I miss it. <laughs> it's a perfect it's gorgeous movie. it's gorgeous it's perfect um so i want to ask i'm sorry no i i was gonna say uh, i've done a lot of game shows to save up money to buy wallpaper <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great um so i want to ask you guys first of all what was your reaction the first time you saw the script jake uh, um, you have a you start off with a pretty f bomb laden uh, montage or monologue right at the beginning. Um, yeah. What were your reactions to that? So I, I've known Ben Hoffman, the creator. We both kind of came up in LA around the same time, and we were on second city stages together. So we did a pilot presentation that I never thought would be on air. I thought when we started doing this, eventually some executive would pull the plug on it. Um, and it just kept going forward and forward. And then I thought with the cast that we wanted, it wouldn't they people we wouldn't get the right cast. And it just kept coming together. So my experience with Hoops so far has been kind of blown away that we're at this stage. It is a wildly loud, vulgar, R-rated animated show. Um, and I'm really excited there's a it's gonna have a chance. Yeah. Oh, it's. I've seen the whole season. It's pretty funny. I really enjoyed it. What about uh, Natasha? When you first read the script, what was your reaction? Um, well, I got. I don't think I got to see the script at first, but I got like a scenario that I got to read with Jake, and I feel like I knew Jake was involved, and I had already known his work, so I knew that it would be. I knew how funny he was, and we could go off the cuff and. You know, we were just able to improvise and then right away I could see like, oh, if I was in this, this would be such a fun experience because, you know, just being able to improvise with other comedians on top of an amazing script. And then Jake was always in the room, which is, you know, kind of rare. So him always being there to feed off of when we were recording kind of helped take it all to another level, I thought. So uh, a lot of it's... By the language? No. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so a lot of it is improvised, right? And uh, I mean, I don't is, think a lot are any of it. The... I don't want to take away from Ben's writing, though, too. No, and, like... but it is. We, ben was really open to... We, would have, we had a great writing staff. We had a great script. But we cast purposefully, because Ben and I talked about this. We didn't want to just cast voiceover actors who would come in and say the lines. We needed mm -hmm. strong comedians. So Ben is a bully if his wife is a pushover. Ben is a bully if the principal, if he's running the show. 
Ben is a bully if his dad is weak. So if you have a group of comedians who are hard funny and can yell back and to create their own moments and can improvise bits while we're going off, then we have a chance at making Ben, who is a little tyrant, likable because the characters around him aren't scared of him. If other people are scared of him, it's a whole different show. So it was really important to get the right, funny, strong voice people who are confident in their ability. And without it, I don't think the show had a chance. It was about uh, episode four or five when I finally realized that Ben Hoffman is pretty close to Ben Hopkins. Is any of these stories taken from his life or experiences or how close no. is that uh, maybe to your life? I think the connection with Ben, Ben is not this guy at all. I think the connection to Ben is this at its core is Ben's sense of humor. So we were all in the booth. I was in the booth all the time, partly because I like actors and I like talented people. So I wanted to be there when Nakata and Natasha recorded because I'm a fan of hers. And our business is, yeah, well, it's true. Um, our businesses can be so utterly boring, apart from the moments when you're with actors acting. Like there's so many talented people. So um, what, what Ben and what we kind of realized really quick and why coaches like uh, Ben in this is, we were all at the end trying to make Ben laugh. So Natasha and I weren't really, we were trying to get each other to laugh because you want to be funny. But after the takes, we would both look at Ben. And if <laughs> Ben was laughing, you then kind of know, all right, I'm on the tone. This is the tone of this thing. And so once we found what Ben liked uh, and what really made him laugh, it was really easy to just keep hitting that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you're right about tone because, you know, finding the tone is 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 the difference between something succeeding and failing. And I think by being there and hiring people, comedians and comedic actors who've been work, we all know each other and we've all been working with each other for like a decade. And so I think it really does kind of add to it because, and then being able to play off each other in the room. Yeah, it's huge. What, uh, Natasha, what would you want the viewers to know about your character before with your character Shannon before they see the show? Um, I think Shannon kind of will always have a little thing for Ben. And even though she's got like, you know, Ron now, and she kind of can't stand that self, that side of her. Like we all have that. Like a lot of times it's from like early relationships in high school or whatever. It's like that person you can't quite get rid of. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I feel like she's just kind of always going to have it for him. So if there is a season two, I don't see that going away. So yeah. there, there is some love, but it's just like, you know, it's, it's like they've been through 10 pandemics together. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't even don't even say a line like that. Don't jinx it. Yeah, it makes uh, me want to just break my computer. Um, no, I mean people are happy for people who have husbands and wives right now, but it is a challenge. Let me tell you, my <laughs> my husband oh. is addicted to cigarettes. I can't stop hearing him chomp all day long. <laughs> he does things I didn't even know he did. He's drinking the dust from his snacks. Like it, everything about it is just like rough. It's it's a big learning curve, right? <laughs> <laughs> get to know him it'll be interesting to see how many marriages survive this whole thing right um i'm sure you guys are good the other side of that though is i got a friend who's single and i got a text from him the other day because i saw a photo of him on instagram and he has lost over 30 pounds and that is just a result of spending too much time alone where i'm like where you? he's like you know i realized i could change my diet and i'm like yeah I'm like slow down and i'm like oh he's by himself 
24 hours a day. Yeah, uh, enough people wished that, you know, I could lose this weight if I was just trapped on an island by myself and I just had no <laughs> access to everything. Enough people actively wished for it. And that's right. Mon monkey paw situation, right? <laughs> uh, they got it. What about um, Shannon? Uh, I want to ask you what's your favorite moment from there was a lot of crazy stuff from giving the eulogy of when the horse was getting uh, kept getting dropped and run over and uh, up until uh, unzipping the Colonel Sanders onesie in the uh, walk in freezer. So I want to ask you what's your favorite Shannon moment from the show? Um, I would probably I mean, I would probably say it's kind of fun to make Jake's character, Ben, like, you know, to kind of torture him. So the more that she's like with Ron and creating her own life and he's kind of like coming back and then she's playing with him. I mean, that dynamic was really fun and, you know, Ron's hilarious. So anything I get to do with mm -hmm. both of them was really fun. So uh, every time you mention Ron, I keep thinking about the scene where you're comparing your and Ron's dicks or your character's. <laughs> And Ron's character's dicks is just hilarious. Now that's not a dick I'm mad at. Okay, so I'm sorry. I can't do a good you. I apologize. Uh, Jake, so uh, life has taken a toll on Ben's body. His conditions have less, left him a little worse for wear in his current days as a high school basketball coach. Although Ben never wanted to be a mentor, being pulled into coaching teens and training a teen with his ability similar to his gives him a new positive outlook on life. Hold on a second. I'm describing Peter B. Parker from the Spider-Verse movies, has anybody compared or do you see any similarities between these two characters aside from the adult content? No. Okay. <laughs> the only thing is, is I- Make it short. <laughs> yeah, is that I booked both jobs. Uh. <laughs> okay. Um. For the most part, he's a bad dude. Did we get cut off? Uh, you yeah, Jake, up can you uh, could you answer the question again, Jake? Yeah, Coach uh, Ben at his core is a piece of human garbage. Uh, <laughs> he's got a little bit of heart, but he's just not a great human. Um, he talks his way out of a lot of situations, and he always screws everything up by talking. Peter B. Parker at his core has the heart of a superhero. He's just going through a bad depression. <laughs> Well, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of that going around these days. Um, and I will say too, that one of the fun things about doing animation, it's like, I feel like every character is like more flawed than the next. And, and a lot of times that is where the comedy comes from. And I think animation kind of gives you that, you know, flexibility where you can be totally meaner and more flawed and <laughs> darker than true but also with this one being able to do things together and i'm thinking about it as we're zooming together natasha because this is our first one even seeing you we did a lot of our stuff together and it was really nice to know that i could say terribly offensive lines to natasha <laughs> knowing that she's gonna come back even if it's off script so there is something to be said about a show like this and being in the same room because the jokes are all mean spirited. It's not a nice show. It's, but it's, you know, it's a loud, mean, funny show. Mm -hmm. So I like being like, I liked having to have the other person there in the room while you're saying these lines to make right. sure like, <laughs> I am saying this to your right. face, even though it's a cartoon, 
I'm not going to make a really offensive joke that you hear about when you watch it. Uh, so there that, was something really fun about that we got to do that with this. Yeah, that's a little unique that everybody's in the room at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah, that at least the, the scene partners were a lot of time, not always, but whenever we could, we really tried to do it. And my dream, if we do a season two, is I would love to at least do one episode where the entire cast does it all like a radio play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be amazing. We were building towards that and then scheduling gets so hard because our cast on this is probably 20 deep um, with all the players and guest mm-hmm. stars. So we would have to write a small grouped episode like a, you know, just the five people somewhere. But it would be really great to do one where we were all in there. We did one or two takes and just really felt the energy. Yeah. That's an excellent idea. I hope that uh, comes together. So there will be a season two. Has that been announced? We're still hoping for it. Fingers I'm crossed. Just, I'm just talking shit, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, well, hey, uh, you, you call me anytime for that. I'm a big fan of that. Um, so I got three minutes on my way out the door. I want to ask you guys as a child, I had to get up real early on Saturday mornings so I could fight for my spot on the couch and watch my favorite cartoon. Uh, against my brother right so I also had to get up extra early so I could go in the in the kitchen and pour myself a big bowl of sugary cereal so I want to ask you Jake and Natasha what is your favorite Saturday morning cereal oh cereal I thought you're gonna go with cartoon oh tell me both what did you watch while you're eating the cereal well I remember I was not allowed to get cereal that had sugar as the the it had to be the fourth ingredient or or more so that's a good way of doing it yeah, so it was like Cheerios and that stuff. But what I got into as a child was mashed potatoes. <laughs> so I would make instant mashed potatoes I, after school. Like, I guess that was like a carb thing. And mm-hmm. um, our, our M- my mom, like, got rid of MTV, so we couldn't have it. So I ended up watching, like, Nick at Night and all the oldie stuff. So I think I was watching the Flintstones or something. I don't know. Right <laughs> It was sad. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do my we didn't we weren't allowed sugar cereals either. So I had rice checks for the first time and something about those felt like dessert. Those are good. Those are, they're, oh, they're yeah. probably still a lot of sugar in them, but they fake it like they're not. And so I remember eating those and loving them. And I don't remember what I watched Saturday mornings, but I remember it was a big thing. I, I'm kind of was saved by the bell Saturday mornings. Didn't that happen too? That was on. Oh, I thought that was after school. Yeah, it might have been both. Because I remember the early morning cartoons were like seven. And even as a kid, I was a light sleeper. But mm-hmm. then I kind of remember live action kind of Saved by the Bell type shows. Kids yeah, like, like uh, um, they, maybe they re-ran them on the weekends. Like yes, Rangers something like that. Of- I remember like I would wake up in that time. But now uh, our kids watch TV all day long, so we don't need that. <laughs> can't, can't, even, can't even get them out of the house. No, now our uh, kids watch YouTube, how-tos, and yeah. boxing videos. Yeah, uh, my kids are big fans of Fortnite, and when they're not playing Fortnite, they're watching YouTube uh, videos of other people playing Fortnite. Uh, so how old are your kids? Uh, 10 and 14. And boys. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, right in there. I've heard about that, watching videos of other people playing video games. It, it drives me crazy, but they love it. They're like, tell me they're learning. Uh, I got to wrap it up, Jake. And oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, your kids are lying to you. They're not <laughs> No, well, yeah, they're learning how to lie to dad, I guess. How do they get it? I like that they say, no, no, dad, we're learning. <laughs> we're <laughs> learning watching a kid playing a video. Can you at least put the closed caption on it? And put- <laughs> 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 Thanks, guys. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Stay safe. I really appreciate it. Bye, Jimmy. Bye-bye. Thank you. Gloria, why don't you try Rice Check cereal for 
for a change. Mom, you know how I feel about checks. No, how do you feel about checks? Just not into checks, Dad. Well, maybe you could get into one spoonful. Okay. Hey, these rice checks taste great. They're light and crispy. So you like them? Yeah, right on. Groovy. People who aren't into check cereals have never tried check cereals. Ha! <laughs> That's true. I mean, I I remember the pressure we were all under back in the 90s to try checks. Yeah. And then it destroyed of, so many lives. There's like a series of uh, there's a series of ads that are basically like they don't taste like shit. Trust us. <laughs> it's Try a, it. It's actually a brilliant idea. And uh, and I love his answer because that I still eat check rice checks specifically. Sometimes I branch out to Crispix, but I don't want to go full corn. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down, guy. Hey, you know, <laughs> it's kind of nice. You get rice on one side, like the Oriental diet, and then corn on the other for the Western half. Crispix has a lot of good things going for it. But you know, anyway. And, uh, since uh, Jimmy's been asking this of all guests, and we've kind of continued this as a new tradition here on Saturday Morning Cereal, uh, I think that's the first time that Czech cereal has ever been brought up. Am I am I correct? Are we are we keeping a? a no, I, I believe app? that's correct. Yeah, there you go, Jimmy. Nice work. Yeah, uh, great interview. You. Except yeah, for the boys. very depressing detail that was Natasha Legero's answer: mashed potatoes and Nick at night. <laughs> that hey, don't that judge. speaks don't to judge. such a sad childhood. Don't. Uh, you know what? You know, uh, I think that that does. I, I don't think plus that time was, equals comedy. I don't think that this was her intention, but cold cereal was my Saturday morning cereal from time to time. Like when we would, you know, us as a family would order like uh, Little Caesars or have like Pizza Hut delivered or Domino's delivered, like on Friday night. We were usually watching wrestling like on Friday night. Oh, you, oh, like cold leftovers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not cold cold cereal, because that's a, that, that's the cornerstone. But right, right. So you're saying right. sometimes you would eat pizza while watching. Right. It would happen from time to time. <laughs> it would never happened in the Shea household, you heathen. <laughs> yeah. So I let's uh, thank Natasha for that very unique answer of mashed potatoes. But I can relate because we used to eat cold cereal. I'm sorry, cold pizza from time to time. Uh, so yeah, Jimmy, great job. That was some good stuff. I think Thank you brought you out some. Uh, I think you brought out some particulars there. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you get lucky. They were really. Uh, what I really liked is just how, just like right out of the shoot, they were just ready to like trade with you. Right. Yeah. 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 I love that part about. It. So, yeah. Uh, definitely uh, professionals at their job. They were riffing right there in front of you. Uh, uh, you were you were you were up in the mix, and most of all, he validated I think everything that we were saying before the uh, the interview about yeah, it's okay to realize these uh, these are horrible characters, but it's it's still fun to watch them. That's <laughs> yeah. that's the break, and it, that's I guess what the grown up cartoons are now, huh? Uh, yeah, and there is a difference between a character that's presented poorly and bad characters right these guys are these are of low character people 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says uh, he's a piece he, of human garbage, I think was a quote. That's right. That's right. And, and he also went on to say, like, the only thing that humanizes his character is that they let all the other characters at least yell profanity back at him. That's like right. his best trait, he said. And, Still funny to watch, and it doesn't make you a terrible person. It's just adult. It's just it's, adult. Yeah, it's very adult. And I think uh, um, I will hopefully we'll link the YouTube. Vi- I have the, the full vi- videos on YouTube, so we'll link that in the show. But when I ask him about the connection, if there's any connection between him, uh, Peter Parker and Ben Hopkins, the look on his face is just utter disgust. Like they are so separate. They're so they're nothing alike. <laughs> And that I don't know if that played in the interview. No, but I heard, the look I heard on his face what he said, like, though. Total disgust. Like, I don't know if he did be getting that question all day or whatever. But yeah, I, I doubt he ever thought of that question, period, because nobody would. <laughs> 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 Which makes well, it a great question and a horrible question. at the Well, same time. I thought it was a good question. I was doing my research and that that was a description of Peter B. Parker from the movie Jacket. Yes, I, I thought and I just filled in his name. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was very clever the way you did it, but it's it uh, it obviously has no connection. But I think that that's what makes it a clever question. But that's you <laughs> know good. that's why that's why we here at Saturday Morning Serial we we pay you for that, Jimmy, because that's classic gotcha journalism, which is the only kind <laughs> we do. Points. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. That was great. Uh, what about Natasha now? Um, I I I've been following her career for years. Um, I, I love actually, her. Yes, I I got a chance to speak with her. It may have been five years ago. I'm thinking it was when she and um, Lillian is it Bellic? Not no, uh, no that uh, that was her character name. That's her wow. character, Lillian Bellancourt, I think. So. Yeah, but it was another period, which was like a Comedy Central show. Um, right. I forget what her co-star was, but she's like a tall, blonde stand-up comedian. I think I think she's a stand-up comedian. What's her name? Oh, my gosh. It's totally killing me right now. But anyway, I guess we'll never know. But um, I got a chance to meet her. Uh, Help us out. Internet meet, sleuths. Let me just look on IMDb. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's let me cover for you. Hey, there was that one time when I was uh, strolling around the city just wishing I had wireless Internet. And a good sponsors over at AT&T came to my side and said, hey, Jimmy, why don't you just pick up your little phone and push on AT&T? And I did. And Dan Shea answered the phone. You remember what you said to me that day, Dan? I said, there's no better place to talk on a phone than in my new Lisa mattress. Came to my house in a box the size of a mini fridge. I actually know her name now, but I'm not going to tell they, it. Let, let's just keep going. They sent so, a mattress to you in the box. Did they print their own stamp stamp? It's, uh, you know what? I hope they did. Otherwise, they wasted valuable hours at the post office when they don't have to. Why, Jimmy? <laughs> because uh, if you're cool, we're cool. Stamps.com. Send us some stamps. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Scale. They sent us the stamps. There's no reason to leave the house anymore. Right. Not that I, you know, not that I had one before with the lockdown and whatnot. Yeah, and and just so everyone listening knows, those were not shameless ads because they have not paid us. That's right. It was just shameless, yeah. uh, and we, I believe it. Hopefully, gave uh, gave Marky. Did it give you enough cover to do a little IMDb reading? I need a theme song. Here we go. Kick it, boys. IMDb. 
So uh, <laughs> it was for another period. Um, and Ricky, Ricky Lindholm. Lindholm. Yes, that was the other character. So I got a chance to do a roundtable interview with both of them about five years ago. We've never aired that audio. Uh, I think it was just we just haven't had a chance to really put it out there. Maybe one of these days you guys will hear it. Uh, but she was amazing. Collection. I thought uh, uh, I've been following her a long time. So anytime she pops up, I'm I'm like, I am all about it. And um, I like where. It's almost like raunchy, you know, like this used to be, quote, guy talk, guy jokes, guy humor. And I, I, I've always hated that. You know, <laughs> I like um, I like when you can just kind of uh, break the glass ceiling, you know, um, and I think that she is one of the comedians that really does a great job of doing that because she really brings it. She can she can tear it up. Uh, and I, that's why I've always been a huge fan of hers. And so when you said that you got a chance to talk to her, I was immediately jealous because I just I find her amazing. Agreed. Anybody else got something to say? Anybody? I mean, I guess I I would I like say more. Community. All right, but I know I know you guys are, uh, are 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 foaming at the mouths here, trying to get to talking about Mr. Ron Funches. So we should probably <laughs> visit the next interview, which not only does the esteemed Mr. Funches himself take part in, with the esteemed Jimmy the Gent, but also the esteemed Cleo King, who There's we haven't esteem- even really discussed yet. Oh, she's very esteemed. It was very esteeming conversation. <laughs> she was yeah. on, I feel like, I don't know how, because Netflix doesn't release its ratings, but I have a feeling a show that a lot of people liked, but I don't hear anybody talking about, especially, I've never heard either of you guys mention, but that uh, series of inf- of unfortunate events, huh? the Lemony Snickets She's with uh, Neil yeah. Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yep. like, I must have watched at least six or seven of them before I realized kind of exactly the flavor of what was going on. But I was so impressed that like all the actors in it seemed to know immediately. And I was like, these, these fuckers, they didn't even get to watch six hours of their own work first. So (laughs) yeah, just as someone from that show, I'm like, wow, that's well, she, she has two of the most memorable roles in two of the funniest movies of the last 10 years, she was in The Hangover. She was one of the cops that was in, uh, you know, when um, when they get arrested and, the you know, the whole taser in the face joke. You know, she, uh, she was in there. The uh, memorable she was a part cop of that. from that. Yeah. yeah. And then she was the cop in the Pineapple Express movie. Where she pulls them over, she like arrests them, and it's the it's got the whole cop car thing. Like she, that scene is so damn funny. I believe that's her, right? I I think that's her in that particular scene. Um, these are (laughs) these are two amazing roles and two incredibly funny movies, and Cleo's right there in the middle of it. It's amazing to me how funny this woman is. I've been a big. Did you? I'm sorry. Did you say, "Dude, where's my car?" Did you mention in that role? Oh, I have. I've never seen that movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mean? That's what I, she's in. That that was one of her first roles, and not, not the first, but one of her. And she's in that, and that's when I first fell in love with her. So every time I see her in something, is since she a then, like, too? 
Yeah, she well, she plays uh, Penny, the pound desk op- uh, officer. <laughs> she she's the guy that she's who they have to go through to get her their car, or at least oh, at one amazing. point. Yeah. Yes, you know what? She is she is a great gatekeeper. I think that's her role in all these movies. You have to get by her, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Cleo King, man, she is something else. So uh, in case you guys were uh, uh, not able to put a face to the name, we hope we helped you out. So we should head to the magic interview machine. I think it's time. So magic interview machine, take us back to Ron and Cleo. Meanwhile, and I'm talking with Ron and Cleo. It's Ron and Cleo. How are you guys doing today? Good. Oh, we're doing very well. Oh, yes. Yes. Doing it from home. And I got to imagine what is an endless parade of toothless attempts at humor via uh, virtual backgrounds. Have you seen anything good <laughs> behind anybody today? Good. I like yours a lot. I'm digging yeah. a group on that. Yours Shameless. is simple and to the point. We had a stage. We've had uh, we've had just more like the backgrounds of the show. But some, yeah, pretty good. I've done some recently when people did like a prison and, and things like that. And I was like, oh, you're doing too much. I know you don't got this clear of a voice call from jail. <laughs> <laughs> The theater was good. I saw a live theater. It looked like the um, opera house in Sydney. I saw that. It did. Really good. So I love those. Nice. Um, uh, Where was I going to start? So uh, there we go. So, Ron, you've been on uh, such hits as Powerless, Mulaney, Take My Wife, and now Hoops. I wanted to ask you, as an actor, is it easier to respond to cues when you play the character with the same name? It definitely is, and I like that you, that you picked off the shows where I played my name. Because <laughs> at first I was like, why is he picking those? None of those were hits. And then, but then I realized that because I played Ron in all of those shows. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it makes it easy for me. And truthfully, as, as first and foremost, I consider myself a live performer. I love doing stand-up. I love, you know, even though that's not a job right now. But whenever it is, that's my heart, and that's what I love doing. So whenever I can bring other projects and they go like, who was that? It's easier for them to go, it's, oh, it's Ron, Ron Funches. Then that makes, that always makes me feel good and makes me feel that me myself in real life am a unique character and that's what people enjoy. I'm not a Daniel Day-Lewis by any means. Not yet. And maybe they're writing for your voice. That's true. People love writers love writing from my voice. Cause it's weird. I mean, I can hear it right now. I would love writing for this guy. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Cleo, I have, uh, enjoyed you in various, uh, munchy filled nights watching various movies. The first time I saw you was, uh, dude, where's my car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I've, I've been a fan for quite some time. You pop up every once in a while. And most usually I see you in a police uniform. Um, I want to talk to you about Opal today and your first, your reaction be to the first time when you read the script mostly regarding the song that you sing about your um, lady parts. (laughs) I'm still stuck on Dude, Where's My Car? Now, you know, I'm coming back to the lady parts, but, you know, I did Pineapple Express, The Hangover, and, Mm -hmm. you know, just good stuff. Dude, Where's My Car? I don't know how many people were in there. I know we were number one in the box, but okay. (laughs) Oh, people saw that movie. That's a classic. That's when... 
Oh, right there. That's when you that's when you hooked me, and I noticed you in every movie since that's then. And you, well, thank you, thank you. That's thank a you. violation of <laughs> section four, four, five. I got a can't quote. I don't do it very good. Well, I love sorry. it. Well, I love Ron. Maybe we'll get to it. <laughs> I love singing about my lady parts. Ben, you know, when I came in for this, they didn't know that I could sing. And I was in the booth one day and we were talking and we were doing stuff back and forth. And I just kind of sang a thing. And uh, when I sang, uh, it was something, I don't know, it was something funny. And I just sang, ooh, Jesus. And, and Ben said, ooh, that was nice. And Ben's a very mellow guy, Ben Hoffman. And then he started to write for my singing. So when he would wrote these lyrics, first I would laugh and say, oh my God, do you want me to say that? Do you want me to? And he was like, yes. And he would write stuff for me. We would get together and work on it. And then it got down to the next time he would, we would meet in his office. We'd sing it 10 minutes before I was to do it in the table read. And then we'd do it and it, it was fun. So for me, I love all this inappropriate stuff. If he can write it, I can do it. You know, I feel like I'm in one of his extremities. If he can write this stuff, I'm in 100%. So I'm always in for the inappropriate. That's what I'm attracted to with this show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, was the, the singing portions of the show born out of your ability? It uh, was. That wasn't a Yeah. Yeah. We did, they didn't have me do that when I came into audition. They didn't, I don't even think they knew I could sing because I had uh, sworn off singing coming from uh, musical theater. And once I moved here, um, to Los Angeles in 1995, I stopped the singing, I stopped the dancing. So I just wanted to do the acting and that's what was working for me. So when they were excited about the singing, then I was excited about it. Cause then I had forgotten that I even do it, you know? Uh, and Ben writes those songs. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote right everything on. And all of he, there was no improv on it. So, so many times people ask, was that improv? I always look at that as a compliment because it seems like to them, it was coming out of me, but no, Ben Hoffman wrote it. He wrote right those. Things. Yeah. Uh, and how about for you, Ron? Um, there's a lot of talk about your body parts in the show as well. So I want to know what did you have? Uh, what was your reaction the first time you read your script? <laughs> Uh, my reaction was just that it's such a like over the top craziness that I didn't think that I was like, okay, well, this is a cool rough draft and I'll be happy to see when they rein it in and all that. <laughs> but it just stayed the same. And what I really loved about it was just that they let me be a lot of myself and, and improvise and bring my character into this and that, that the relationship between Ben and I became the best part of the show for me was just that it was because it's easy it's just a classic like we're just opposites a track that you know that still somehow are friends even though i'm sleeping with his ex-wife and and so then it became a, a thing of like oh how could i find a guy who is so nice and so charming and so sweet that you would even be friends with him if he slept with your ex-wife you know and then i was like oh i could i could figure that out to the funches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what uh, what is your they were Jake and Natasha was were just talking to me about how you guys got to interact in the booth together, which is kind of unusual for voice acting. You're normally kind of mm -hmm. separated and you put your lines together. Can you tell, can you guys uh, talk about getting to work in the room together and work off of each other? Mm -hmm. 
yeah, it was it was a wonderful. I I just like doing it because I love problem solving, I love improvising, and I I love playing. So when you're in the room together, especially when you first start and, and you're getting to know these characters, it's it's so wonderful to have someone to play with because at the end of it, even though we're dealing with the words on the page, it, we're we're dealing mostly with relationships. And the best way to figure out those relationships is by being with someone and being near them and seeing how you actually interact with them. And, and so a lot of my stuff with, with, with coach Ben came from just how I was actually talking with Jake. So it, it for me, I, I love that. And I think it shows in the energy of, of it as well. And for me, it's always a volley when you, even in a scene, when you're talking and listening and listening and talking when you're on camera, but with voiceover, it's always nice to have that person there because you know how you would deliver a line. But then if somebody says something to you differently, you would say something different. So when they're in the booth with you, it's wonderful because when they throw it and it lands hard, you know, in your glove, you say, oh, you threw it that hard. So then you throw it harder and then they throw it soft and you go, OK, you want to act like you got some sense and then you throw it a softer. But it's truly a volleyball game when you have that person. And that is truly a luxury for me to have the person in the booth with you because you're truly responding to what they're saying to you. And nothing works better than that. I mean, you can go in there and kill it by yourself, but I promise you, if somebody is in there with you, some of those lines are going to read differently. And that's why I feel like this works so well because we got to have each other in the booth most of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's uh, especially with comedy and animation, it's hard to get that timing down. Right. And if you got to do a bunch of different takes, it's hard to match up those takes. Right. So probably saving a lot of time in the editing booth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ron, I want to say how much I love the podcast. And Oh, uh, thank you. It's really inspiring. And uh, ever since I started listening to it, like I said, I've been a fan or maybe I didn't say, but I've been a fan since your early days on at midnight was the first time I saw you. And uh, that was a few years ago, but um, I even forgot where, where I was going with this. Oh, and then you were on um, Powerless, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You guys shot a whole first uh, pilot that was a different um, mm-hmm. scenario. Do you remember any of that? Yeah, it was just a, it was more of a insurance company that insured people after superhero accidents. And so then they realized that insurance companies aren't funny. So they adjusted that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, there was originally a lot of jokes about Green Lantern being Mm -hmm. immune to yellow, right? Do you, any chance you remember any of those jokes? Off top no, of I, I don't, because I actually, I only saw it. I wasn't in the the original pilot. Once the pilot came out, they were like, oh, we need to change things up and add a couple more characters. And I was one of the characters they added. So I just w- watched what they shot. I wasn't actually on, on that set. Oh, I dig it. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I we're... love that you love the podcast. That means a lot to me. Oh, that's like man, one of I my do. favorite things to do. So I appreciate so ins- that. So inspiring once. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for doing it. Um, maybe you got any quick words for anybody that has been uh, sitting around and is, is needs to start doing something and haven't been putting it off for a while. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's a time where, of course, it's a time of oppression, a time where you feel stuck in your your place, but that can be a time where you can either be destructive or you can focus and find what's important to you. And that's what's reminded me through this is that I I love comedy. I love acting and I I love it if there's money involved a lot. And I love it even when there's not money involved. And so I've been trying to get back into my stand up more, even though I have to do Zoom shows and it doesn't feel as good. I know that I'm providing 
a service. And I know that overall it's a positive. So I'd say if you're going through this time, feel all your feelings, be okay with that, but also look at what makes you happy. Look at what focuses you and look at this as a time to, to shed those things that you don't enjoy and head towards the things that you do because we're all fucked right now. Anyway, <laughs> that's true. Uh, Cleo, do you have a favorite Opal moment besides uh, singing? A favorite? Oh, I love it when Ben and I go back and forth at each other. And when he answers and I'm steadily trying to get him and I rip him, I rip into him. I love that kind of stuff because we can go back and forth. And to me, it's funnier when you do the back and forth. So I really love it when we get it down, what they have on the page, and then they say, okay, let's do some improv. Let's do that. I love doing that too. And for me, I just, you know... It's one of these things, this is one of these shows that it's just about laughing and having a good time. And when I can laugh at it, once they say cut and I can laugh and I'm laughing at Ben doing his stuff. I'm sorry, the coach Ben doing his stuff and I'm laughing at Jake doing all of his stuff. It is so like fulfilling for me. So I just love all the stuff I did with Jake because Jake is so funny. He's so good. And um, we get to bring our best stuff, you know? And I, I love to say- don't quit before the miracle happened. We may all be at home. Look, follow your dream. It's your dream. Don't expect everybody to see it. You see it, you follow it. And don't quit before the miracle happens because there's so much to do out here. So much to be done. Thank you, guys. That's Thank you for an uplifting uh, conversation. On my way out the door, I want to ask you, as a kid, I used to get up early to watch cartoons on Saturday morning and pour myself a big bowl of sugary cereal. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, Ron and Cleo, what is your favorite Saturday morning cereal? Mm. Oh, Captain Crunch, honey, Captain Crunch. That was the one. Yeah. Woo! I could eat that whole box if anybody slept late. <laughs> That's why I don't eat it today. Berries or no berries? <laughs> no berries, honey. No Just berries. Straight. Okay, first of all, Cleo's crazy and obviously a sadist. She doesn't care about the roof of her mouth. Oh, she you don't care feel about it. You gotta things feel it. tearing it up. But hey, if I'm gonna have Captain Crunch, it's gotta have the crunch berries or the sure. peanut butter variety. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. But to me, the one true king of the breakfast table is cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, you can't man. defeat it. You can't only hope to contain it. It's amazing. <laughs> That's right. Anything? <laughs> uh, um, well, let's see. I got maybe a couple seconds left. Uh, do you guys ever watch the old Batman TV show? 66 oh, yeah. TV show? Big fans? Mm -hmm. Who would you like? What what uh, villain would you like to play on that show if you got the chance? Ooh. I could never play Catwoman, but I love Catwoman. She, is she a villain or is she a good one? Uh, on the show, well, she kind of she goes, goes back, back and, and forth. And forth. Show. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of like me. And I that's think you'd make a hell of a Catwoman. I then that's hell of a I would like. Yes, I like Catwoman. I'm going to just continue since I'm King Shark and the Harley Quinn cartoon. I just oh, want yeah. to bring him into that world, which I think would be even sillier because it's probably just going to be a paper mache costume. So it just be a shark head and then a hoodie. And, and that's and, uh, like a time. Can you give me a little King Shark on the way out the door? Yeah, I mean, mostly he just goes, howdy. Oh, then he just goes, <laughs> I'm going to murder you. It's like, that's, that's pretty much his range. Yeah, that's great. Uh, thanks, guys. That's really awesome. Uh, I guess uh, I guess I got a couple more seconds. What's your favorite, what's your favorite song? <laughs> oh, my favorite song is, is Mac the Knife by Bobby Darren. <laughs> oh, old school. 
Mm, my favorite song oh. of all time is Zoom by the Commodores. I love it. But I'm also a big Aretha fan. Would love to play her story. But Zoom by the Commodores. Aretha, you better think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks for your time. I'm getting the heart out now. So I want to thank you so much, Ron and Cleo. Have a great day. Stay safe. Love okay. this show. Pleasure, Look forward to Jamie. season two. My thank pleasure. You. Thank you. When the clock strikes Whoa, friend of the show, uh, Doug Jones. That was his very first paid gig was the Mac the Knife uh, character. If you guys obviously I don't think can't. it was his voice, though. I really don't. I don't think so either. But, you know, he's he's known as the man behind the mask or under the mask. Yeah, and yeah. he was. And I remember and we, we play that because uh, I bet more of our listeners remember that uh, ad campaign for McDonald's in the uh, late 80s then uh, would remember who uh, the actual Mac the Knife from the Two Penny Opera and Bobby Darren's song. Bobby Darren, yep. Yeah, so that was, uh, obviously that was Ron Funch's favorite song is mm -hmm. Mac the Knife. Um, and that's immediately what I thought of is the McDonald's commercial. And I think everybody feels that way. Uh, but dang, <laughs> Jimmy, Jesus, what an amazing interview. It was uh, I just enjoyed that so much. That was fun. Uh, we got to know them. <laughs> and uh, dang. Um, thank you. Thank you. I don't know if you can see me curtsy through the Internet, but yes, thank you very kindly. Yeah. What I really the what I what I loved about it is I heard this phrase come out of Cleo's mouth, which was attracted to the inappropriate. And. My gosh, that if that's not a show title uh, for today's episode, I don't know what is, because that's what Hoops is all about, you know? <laughs> this is the, oh, uh, oh, we could probably have a focus group about that. Okay, but, you want to do that now? But I, I would... <laughs> <laughs> Attracted uh, to inappropriate. Attracted I, to the inappropriate, I think is what she said. And But, you know, it's, it's about the... Uh, lead up to it, right? And about how this conversation is just, it's very revealing of what it takes to make this type of show and the talent involved. Um, and that's why that interview was so damn good. It was very revealing. So good job, Jimmy the Gent. Thanks, buddy. I just kind of want to point out at the end there when I was when I still had a couple seconds, I was like I mentioned earlier, I'm in the virtual uh, waiting room uh, interview room on zoom so i had the chat room open and they they instruct they were instructing me through the chat how much time i had left they kept saying three minutes five minutes three minutes and then they stopped they stopped giving me any more notice so that's why i kept watching that and i was like oh i got a couple more seconds oh i got a couple more seconds and then I, <laughs> then, then i got like five really fast wrap it up wrap it up wrap it up really and, quick yeah was like, oh that's my heart out i gotta well, go and, yeah so that was <laughs> And just to highlight your professionalism compared to mine and to Grim Shea here, we have heard many times uh, we have to go right now. We have to cut you off right now. This We have to end this interview right now because we're not paying attention to the time. Right. 
Right, Shay? I mean, how many times have we gotten kicked off of a call? Listen, man, I can't even count the number of times when I realized it was Baba Booey, Baba Booey. <laughs> That's always my sign off when they say it. <laughs> it was so good. The, the other thing that I, um, uh, my other note is this, and I say this with all sincerity. You're damn right Cleo King can play Catwoman. Right uh, now. Yeah. Oh, my God. As soon oh as she said that, God. what a sexy Catwoman she would be. Good Lord. Incredible Catwoman. Yes. Oh, my God. I could imagine her purring and just, you know, looking all I sexy. Stop thinking about it since. She would be incredible <laughs> in that role. Absolutely incredible Catwoman. Well, I, I guess I'm in the minority here because, honestly, since I heard that in the interview, I can't stop picturing Ron Funches as Catwoman. <laughs> and I got to say, I think he's beaten her. His purr. Ooh. Diabolical, I bet. Like this and then go down like this. No, like, yeah, that's, that's exactly how. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so now is the time. Let's talk about Ron Funches, everybody. Uh, now is the time for all good men to discuss Ron Funches. Yeah, I am. I agree with you here, Jimmy, is the first time that I really got um, uh, acclimated with the comedy stylings of Ron Funches was with the at midnight show, the game show that wasn't really a game show. Uh, and I just thought every time that that man, uh, uh, that it was his turn to speak. It, it was the funniest part of every episode that I ever saw him in. Uh, he was, he's so smart. He's so quick. He's so witty. And his voice is so unique and funny. Uh, he's he's got it all, man. This guy's perfect, you know. As far as as a comedy delivering vessel, Ron Funches is it. He's primo. He's got what yeah. you're trying to say. I think is you think he's got the it factor. He's got the comedy for it factor. alternative comedy. What at the, the very French least. call a certain um, I don't know what. We. Oui. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think. Um, but yeah, he's incredible. Like he said, he's got a, a very definite voice, right? And, and, and that sticks out. And I think a lot of writers write to that voice. Um, I don't know right. how much of, I don't know how much of that Harley Quinn show he mentioned that you've seen, but I've, I've seen it all and I love it. He's hilarious in it. And that's just, I mean, it's, he is not in my opinion, and I hope this isn't a, a negative review or anything, but he's not doing anything on that show except for being Ron Funches and, and, and reading King Shark lines. It's just pure Ron, and that, and again, in this role of what Ron about when he poop. screams so loud, his microphone cut him off. There, that was kind of scary. I felt- well, I was actually going to say, in a way, the opposite, and I think this can also be no. This can also be uh, another compliment to to his um, to his capabilities. Is that as you know, he was the one that said, you know. Uh, if he was going to be a Batman villain, he was going to be Shark, you know, because and he understands that character. He, you know, he has he has become that character. So he would automatically just take that into the Batman 66 world. And he gave it a character. He said it's just going to be him with the cheesy shark mask with the hoodie on. Yeah. You know what? That would ex- that's exactly what it would look like that if it would was so 1966. Work, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what it would look like. So he understands this character and he understands the 
Uh, he still pulled a Kobayashi Maru on the question, cheated his way out of it, but he did it with such charm, <laughs> and he he's did. got that it factor. He gets away with it. I'll just point that out. I'm not calling him out. I'm just pointing it out. But that's what he did. <laughs> well, and so Jimmy had a specific I, question. He ignored the rules, and we laughed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he does that every single time. You know, any any time that I see his name on anything, I'm immediately hooked to it. I'm drawn to it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, anything, anything he's in. You know, well, uh, I got uh, I got good news for you, buddy. Because there's a podcast that is, uh, well, it's actually wrapping up right now called Saturday Morning Serial that's well, got like a lot of Ron Funches, which <laughs> may or may not be titled Wait, uh, Attracted to the uh, uh, Damaged. What, 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 what What's the working title now? Well, I think right now it could just be Bunches of Funches. Oh, see, I like this. I'm, I'm okay, glad so. we brought this to a focus group after all. <laughs> so, uh so you like bunches of funches? Uh, mm. What do you like about it, Jimmy? I think it should be more along the lines of uh, Bonsons of Johnsons, um, uh, Bings <laughs> of Kings, Bajeros of Legeros, and bunches of funches. Oh. <laughs> All right. I we have us a winner. I don't think we have that many characters to spare. But again, this is all about, <laughs> the there's no bad ideas. There's yeah. no bad ideas in this particular roundtable. Uh, man, thank you so much for bringing this audio to us. That was an amazing time. Um, hopefully, we'll get to talk to Ron Funches again, because I could never have enough. Cleo King was amazing. Natasha Leggero was amazing. Jake Johnson <laughs> is all right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Hey, hey, guys, guys, uh, what what kind of cereal tastes like mashed potatoes? Natasha Leggero's. Okay, <laughs> that's about enough of this. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.